Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on! Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, Strange Adventures number 190, cover date July 1966, cover price 12 cents, cover artists Carmine Infantino and Murphy Anderson, edited by Jack Schiff, featuring A-Man, the man with the animal powers, written by Dave Wood, art by Carmine Infantino and George Russos. And Immortal Man, Writer Unknown, Art by Jack Sparling. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go-go. Welcome to the world of love and laughter, baby. Welcome to the sunshine of a brand new Buddy Baker decides to become a costumed superhero using his animal powers. On his first mission to capture a gang of electronic robbers, Buddy finds that his animal powers suddenly abandon him at a critical moment. Meanwhile, in his new life as Kirk Jason, Immortal Man demonstrates an amazing ability to locate lost relics. When a giant creature emerges from a fissure created by an earthquake, Kirk battles the creature and witnesses it transform into different beasts. Confused? Don't worry. I'll be right back with Dr. Husband to explain everything. Animal crackers in my soup. Monkeys and rabbits loop the loop. Gosh, oh gee, but I have fun swallowing animals one by one. In every bowl of soup I see lions and tigers watching me. I make them jump right through wahoo those animal crackers in my soup. Happy Father's Day! Oh, okay. Is that how we're leading? Cool. Well, it is Father's Day. Okay. Why wouldn't we lead? We have many fathers who listen. We do indeed. And many father figures. Yes. So why not? Okay. Uh, Update on the neighborhood situation. The neighbors did uh, successfully rehome their aggressive dog, who we don't know if was actually No, she wasn't really aggressive. It was just that she the other dog, the two female dogs... Did not get along. Right. And yes. it just so happened that the people that adopted him had had a breed very much like her before and were oh. very, very happy to get another one. Cool, 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 yeah. cool, 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 so, cool, cool, yeah. um, Animal Man, who appears for the first time in costume in Strange Adventures number 190, will himself later become a father to two adorable children, mm-hmm. Maxine and... Uh, I forget the other one's name. Anyway, they die in a horrible massacre, but then they come back to life. Oh, okay. As far as I know. So everything's fine. It works out. Immortal Man, the hero and who lived and died 100 times. We don't know what he's been up to in his past lives. He's probably a father, perhaps to millions of people walking the earth today. Possibly. Um, Although he isn't the same physical body. Right. Yes. We'll get into that. Yeah. Uh, Strange Adventures number 190, new adventures of two new superheroes. Both of these characters have appeared twice before. Right. But They're not this new is, to me. Right. This is the first time that he's actually been named Immortal Man, as if that's his superhero name. Okay. And the first time that Buddy Baker has appeared as a costumed hero. Okay. In, in time. Now, you were mentioning that you do recall reading... Grant Morrison's Animal Man yes. comic in the 90s, which yes. I probably made you read. Yes. You're welcome. Yeah. Great art in that. Um, yeah. He uh, is billed as A-Man here in Strange Adventures number 190. He will, in five issues, be uh, definitively named Animal Man rather than A-Man, okay. which I think we'll all be grateful for. Okay. 
shall we, to the hounds? Sure, I'd love to meet your family. I knew you'd say that. Uh, Animal Man, or A-Man as he's called at the moment, is known for his stories being told in first person. So I will just uh, read out the cover blurb here, or splash page blurb. I asked for it, no denying that. It was my first test as a costumed crime fighter utilizing incredible skills that fate had dealt me. It was a decision I had to make. Giving up a future life as a normal human being and a happy marriage to campaign against the forces of evil as a man. Oh, I see what you did there. A man. The hero with animal powers. Growl. There's a lion leaping for him and he's trapped in a lion trap. He's got his foot trapped. It's terrible. I'm really interested in the way that this uh, costume is depicted. Right? What's he got around his waist? Well, it's like, it's the letter A, which is how his costume always worked, but I guess I didn't realize that it was three-dimensional. It's some kind of... Piping? Piping, or maybe a, an inner tube, some kind. Maybe it's a, something he needs to keep thin. Oh, like all the Star Trek actors? Yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's dive right into the story. He's found himself a cave because he's decided to become a costumed hero. As one does. Uh, there I was in a cave making elaborate preparations and thinking of the fantastic circumstances that brought me there. We get a quick recap of his origin story. It all began when he stumbled on a space capsule that exploded in his face. Thank God he wasn't killed. And the strange radiation affected his entire body. Whenever he got close to an animal, any, any animal. animal, he assumes its powers. Like that time the circus train crashed. Uh, he acquired the strength of a gorilla to overcome a tiger and later he matched his elephant powers against those of the beast that was attacking right which was another elephant right yes uh then he had a showdown with an an alien beast he didn't know what he was doing but he managed to lure it to its death even after he lost his animal powers and then just a short time later the creature's alien pals arrived on earth with another monstrosity and a crazy hate ray they used reactivated his animal powers. Yeah. Uh, very strange looking creature there. It looks like a giant uh, shrimp, doesn't it? Yes. With tentacles. Something that might crawl on your pillow at microscopic size at night. So the situation is, as I understand it, yes. Animal Man can acquire the powers of an animal that he is in close proximity to. Mm-hmm. And I guess depending on how long he's in proximity the powers are retained for differing amounts of time. Time that he's not aware of. Right. Yeah. That would appear to me to be a weakness. Yeah. My first exposure to Animal Man was in an issue of Wonder Woman in the 1970s. Really? Yes. Uh, I was delighted to learn of his existence because I had never heard of him before. Mm -hmm. It was his first appearance in years and years. Okay. And I don't remember much about the story, except there's a scene where he's putting sunscreen on Wonder Woman's back on the beach. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Slathering it on with his beast-like hands. No, his hands don't change. Oh, fine. (laughs) Unless he was using the power of a crab to (laughs) put the sunscreen on. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure in that story, he actually had to be in close proximity to the animal the whole time that he was. Oh, that's not good. Right? Right. What if, like, what if you're fighting crime and you happen to be in an animal shelter and it's just a kitten shelter? Right. Right. Well, you could scratch someone's eyes out. I suppose. Or just stare at them and look at them and make them make them go, oh, cute. <laughs> right? Yes. Or you could purr super loud. And... <laughs> We're drinking espresso, aren't we? Mm-hmm. I never realized how undelicious it was without quarter cup of sugar in it (laughs) um so animal man has designed himself a costume with an inner tube around his waist and some kind of scales orangey scales and i'm not sure what's happening i guess his gloves maybe are leather and that's why they go from black to white and back again i don't know um i guess the whole point of this comic really is just to show his powers yeah i mean i'm sort of giving it away but 
that's basically the whole point of this this particular issue is like look at all the different things i can do as i figure out how to use my powers that's it right yeah i haven't listened to you give the whatever it is the pre-show talk but i imagine it's it's pretty uh banal yeah um yeah so this is setting strange adventures as you may recall had been an anthology series with lots of titles like i was the man with animal powers or i was the man that lived and died a hundred times yeah and so they're transitioning here into more straightforward superhero okay so they're taking some of those uh one-off stories that had proved popular and just turning those characters creating new characters and they really missed a good bet by not making gorilla witch Uh, a continuing feature remember gorilla witch no i don't rob what the hunter that went into the outback and somehow got uh under the witch doctor spell who turned him into a gorilla and then he uh as the gorilla also became a witch doctor it was one of our earliest episodes oh wow Okay. <sighs> Wasn't it like four years ago? Probably. Yeah. I don't know how long we've been doing this. Forever. A- ages. What's this? There's someone approaching the cave. It's Buddy's friend, Roger Denning. His closest friend. It's Roger Denning. And the only person I had decided to inform about my plans. Mm-hmm. I think Roger was with him when he got his powers, and that's why Roger's on board with all of this. Well, Roger looks like an old redneck. Well... We have no indication of where Buddy Baker lives. Okay. But it must be someplace with caves. So it could be West Virginia and or Southern it, Pennsylvania. It's a very woodsy, outdoorsy kind of place. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It could be Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. We don't know. What's with the costume, pal? In this cave. Why did you want me to meet you here? Because I'm a superhero and I need a pal. Right. All superheroes have pals that can be uh, clearly identified in photographs exactly. with the hero. It's a trope. Uh, Buddy also has a little uh, cot there in the cave and uh, a candle on a sconce attached to the wall. Nothing weird about that? Nope. I wouldn't mind having a little cave hideout that was suitable enough to have a candle on a sconce and a little cot. But, you know, there are always creatures in caves, all sorts of spiders. Awfully damp. Maybe, unless it's in the desert or the Pacific Northwest. It may not be damp. Pacific Northwest is famously damp. Okay, all the time. I, mean, I, I really meant the Sierra and the, the Sierras. Oh, uh, okay, 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 okay. I don't know why I said that. Um, also, that might be helpful to Animal Man to have a cave full of creatures. Yes, he could find himself crawling along the walls. Yes, mm-hmm. or flying like a bat. Yes, mm-hmm. or using echolocation yeah, like to a fight bat. crime. Like a like uh, there's already a bat themed mm-hmm. superhero, right? Famously, um, now. Buddy, what about Ellen, your fiancé? You're supposed to be getting married, remember? I know, Roger Denning. But with these fantastic powers, it's my duty to utilize them in some kind of way to help mankind. Really? Is it? Well, is it really? I wouldn't say it's his born duty, but he has felt the need to take on the responsibility of being another costumed crime fighter in a world full of costumed crime fighters and we wouldn't know about it unless it was here in this periodical right okay uh just then red alert red alert ham radio that buddy has set up in the cave issues an alert close Uh, to his cot close to his cot uh all prowl cars all prowl cars is that a police term i have no idea what's a prowl car i don't know i've never heard of it before Nonetheless, all prowl cars converge on Northern Electronics Corporation. A robbery is reported in progress. Hmm, that's a second electronics firm to be hit this week. This is it, Roger. My first crime-fighting action as a man. Wait here. I'll be right back. Amen. I know, I know. Um, all right. Buddy takes off with the flight powers of an eagle and arrives at the Northern Electronics Corporation. I'm feeling more and more strongly that this is the Pacific Northwest because it's called Northern Electronics Corporation. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, He arrives just in time to stop the fleeing criminals, goes into a nosedive, punches a gun out of a guy's hand. Nice shot there. Yep. Kicks a gun out of another guy's hand. Nice shot. And now he's going to mop up with his gorilla powers. Right. Whipping a third criminal into the other two like a bowling ball. Oof. They're knocked over. Now he's going to move in for a kill. 
kill is in quotation marks, even though we previously read that he did kill an alien creature. Yes. In his last outing. Just then his powers leave him. He can feel them draining away. Wow. Losing his tiger spring, his animal speed and strength. He flops down on his face and the hoods come after him. Yep. Then as quickly as it happened, his flight powers return. Yeah. Takes off. Why did his powers suddenly return? He doesn't know. But then he spots a pigeon. Wait a second. I've accumulated the wonderful powers of a pigeon. I'm going to shit all over everything. <laughs> uh, Wouldn't it be funny if, if some of the powers that he acquired were also some of the unfortunate uh, behaviors of animals? Yes. Yeah. And in fact, I'm, I'm sure that's been addressed at some point in a, a future story. Um, oh, I also meant to mention that in future stories, he didn't have to be in proximity to the animal because he was connected to the, uh, the red, which is like the universal unifying force of all animal life. So he could just, you know, much like the superheroine Vixen who Mm -hmm. wears her tattoo totem around her neck. Or sometimes her belt. She just says, I need the strength of an elephant. And there oh. there it is. Okay, cool. In which case, I have uh, some news what? for Animal Man. Oh, what? Superman has a dog. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? I always dreamed of that. Nobody's done it yet. And now I've just given away my, the best idea I've ever had and somebody's going to do it. Mm. Uh, so he assumes the powers of a pigeon, flies down... Snatches a tarp off of a baseball field or something. And wraps up two of the crooks. Then his flight power goes away again. And he oh, crashes into the ground. How unpredictable and really, really inconvenient. Yeah, and if you're if it's going to just disappear when you're in midair, it's better probably not to fly a right. lot. Yeah. Unless it's well, he doesn't come crashing to the ground. He touches down. Okay. But he was already close to the ground because we see him flying above vegetation in the panel where he loses his powers. Indeed. Now, the boss, Grabo, who I really hope it's pronounced Grabo, as in he grabs things. <laughs> Not Grabo. Right. Um, the Grabo escapes, but he finds a hat on the ground. I love this. And then he hurries back to the cave to ascertain that Roger Denning, his closest friend, does indeed own a bloodhound. Right. A pedigreed bloodhound. Hey. So he uh, cozies up to the bloodhound and absorbs the bloodhound's powers of trailing and sniffing. Uh-huh. And takes off with a hat. To find Grabo. Yeah. Of course, he doesn't know how long this is going to last. Right. The powers. He returns to the scene of the robbery, brings his bloodhound powers into play. Picks pick, up the scent. Yep. Tracks Grabo through the woods. And uh, luckily, there's a rabbit hopping nearby, so he gets its hopping powers. Mm-hmm. Again, this is just a nice little benign tour through, yes. through all of the ways he can use his powers. The trail leads right through a coastal town, Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. uh, where his bizarre appearance shakes up the sleepy little populace of the town. Mm-hmm. However, they report that the costumed Feller, oh no. They report that Grabo has uh, departed in a boat towards a distant island. So, he hops into the water, assumes the powers of a fish, swims over to the island. We are flying through this. Well, we've got two stories to get through. Okay. Um, of course, he's able to breathe oxygen out of the water, just like a fish. Right. He absorbs the, specifically, he absorbs the powers of a tuna. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, tunas are big fish. They are big. Fast. So, that's lucky for him that it happens to be a tuna right Not there. Not a blowfish or something. That, right, you know, or a, some other kind of fish that lives in coastal waters, unlike a tuna. I don't think they Like a flounder. Coastal. Yeah. Or okay. a, what do my dad always eat? Smelts. <laughs> a tiny that's smelt. a fish, right? I guess. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um... I like this panel. A short time later, as I fish jumped to the beach. <laughs> fish can jump. But they're not known for their jumping, are they? Well, you know. I mean, if it was a dolphin, I'd say yes, absolutely. But They end up coming back down to the water, though. Do you have ever told you, you know, I grew up in, in 
Florida in a beach town, uh-huh. and we had the Intercoastal Waterway. Um, it's a very prominent feature in our town. Yes. One day I was mowing this woman's lawn. It was late in the evening, and I just finished. And I was cleaning up and putting her, her lawnmower away, and she gave me a iced tea or something, and I sat out in the wall um, of the Intercoastal Waterway, and I watched two dolphins, or a pod of dolphins, play in the water, um, which is not an unusual thing to see, to see a pod of dolphins, but I had never seen them jump and flip in the wild. I'd only seen that in like, you know, marine land. or right. I saw them playing, jumping over each other. Mm. You know, it was really, I'll never forget it. Never forget it. And the sun was in front of me. I was facing west. So it was just really quite beautiful. How nice for you. Yeah. So he started inland, but he didn't get very far because why? Because he gets, he trips a bear trap or something. So yes, I guess he gets trapped. By Which something. also triggers uh, an, alarm. an alarm. Yeah. He doesn't have the strength to free himself from the trap, but he hears a roar nearby. And realizes Ooh. it's a lion. Yes, lucky for him. This island, well, we don't have to give away the secret right now. Mm-mm. It is indeed a lion. Mm-hmm. Luckily, Buddy has taken the time in preparation for his crime-fighting career to master many animal sounds. So he gives out a lion's mating call. It's like Bugs Bunny. <laughs> hey, sailor. Growl. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, the lion is charging at him, but it gives him just enough time to pick up the lion's strength, and he escapes. Yeah, I would think that I mean, that's, if that's a real lion's trap, yeah, that probably damaged his leg. Uh, almost certainly. Yeah. But, but he manages to get on, away from On it. his good leg, yeah. he leaps away, now under gunfire from the hoods on the island. Oh. What is the secret of this island, Bob? Well, first of all, we discover through exposition that Grabo has some kind of electronic device that sends out telepathic signals. The lion is in close pursuit. Yeah, that's really stupid. Okay, that's it. Right there. What? Page 10. Yeah. Second panel down. Yeah. Huh? You said, you fools. You could hit the, uh, the side of the barn door. Uh, wait, wait, I'm sorry. You fools. You couldn't hit the side of a barn door. I'll command the lion to finish a man off. Right. So that's he, it. Yeah. Well, Grabo has a some kind of box around his neck, and it, that buzzes, which is apparently how he commands the lion. Mm. So uh, this lion is just inches away mm-hmm. from destroying Buddy, but he grabs a tree branch and he uses a classic cartoon maneuver. Yes. Even though this, I know this is not a cartoon. He uses he where he's running and he grabs a branch and he uses the uh, the elasticity of the branch to create the force as he's pulling it along and then quickly releases it and snaps back into the lion, which gives the lion quite a good smack. So, Buddy continues on through the forest. He discovers a watering hole with a rhinoceros, a water buffalo. I'm guessing. Yes, a monkey, and there's a monkey. Uh, so Grabo. Sorry, Grabo has apparently turned this island into a jungle uh, and stocked it with dangerous beasts. Dangerous is questionable. To protect his stockade, mm-hmm. which Buddy comes upon mm-hmm. next. It has to be Grabo's HQ. So Buddy leaps the wall. He left the wall. He's still using the lion powers, mm-hmm. obviously. Oh my gosh, I forgot the lead. About the neighborhood news. Oh my God! It's good that you remembered it. That you remembered it just now. During this story, yes, there's a bear in our neighborhood. Bears. Yes. Well, that's the news. That's it. We have a bear in our neighborhood. On with the story. <laughs> because I was thinking as he was leaping this wall, did you see that uh, Facebook video a few weeks ago of the? It was a bear and it was climbing over a family's like pool wall enclosure uh-huh and there were little yippy dogs there that were barking at it and you know going crazy and the bear was swatting at them uh-huh. and then a teenage girl rushes out of the house this is all on like ring cam or something uh-huh. rushes out of the house and just shoves the bear back over the wall what? and snatches up the dogs and runs in the house i know good lord how big was the bear it was big it was a black bear 
Good lord. Right. With our vinyl fence around it, there's just, you know. <laughs> We'd, uh, the dogs would be dead and we would be too. Yes. Well, if something happens, yes? I just want you to know that I did not try to shove a bear. Okay. Thank I you. I just uh, laid down and let it eat me. In fairness, it was seen at um, in the lot um, in the corner of our paradise development here. Um, but um, uh, there aren't a lot of fences in between our properties, so no doubt. I mean, we're surrounded by woodland and farms and stuff like that. So yes, and it's not—it's—it's it's rare to see a bear here, but it's not unheard of. Well, frankly, I'd rather have a bear wandering the neighborhood than that effing deer in a t-shirt. We had. <laughs> Listener, we had uh, someone in the neighborhood adopted uh, orphan deer, right, and put a t-shirt on it. Yes. Well, as deers do, it grew up. Yes. Still wearing the raggedy old t-shirt. No, 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 no. You know, in fairness, it became it was a friendly deer. It was very tame. It, people, it would eat from people's hands. You could pet it. And one of our neighbors, Ron, uh-huh. um, would t- cut the t-shirt off of the deer because he believed it wasn't right for a deer to be so tame. Oh, okay. And then somebody would, they would just keep on putting t-shirts on the deer. Usually those, fl- those fluorescent kind of, you know, all weather kind of uh-huh. t-shirts. Um, not because they like to dress it up, but they didn't want anyone to shoot it. And I it bet was they also liked dressing it up. But Ron, I, I agreed with Ron. He's like, no, we no, we should not have a neighborhood deer. No, right. no one's taking it to a vet to have you know to have it cared for. This is a wild animal, and we need to treat it like a wild animal. So the, it was the first year we moved here, and I was attacked by the deer. Yes, I, so it wasn't it, so friendly, was it? Well, no. Well, the funny thing was it was always hanging around our yard, and I went out to it one day, and it just walked right up to me and then snuggled up against me and, like, really, like, literally nuzzled itself up against me and let me scratch it and pet it. It was so interesting. I'd never pet a deer before in the wild. And I, I thought that their, that its hide was going to be, um, that its fur was going to be rough, but it was nice and smooth and just lovely. And then, and, of course, you weren't here to see that. So then another day we were coming home, and it was sitting over the neighbor's yard, and I said, oh. Let me show you. Let me show you how friendly this deer is, right? My friend Flicka. And it was, of course, it was the same deer because it was wearing, you know, a t-shirt or something. Right. And I walked up to it, or sometimes they'd put a colorful collar on it. Mm-hmm. I walked up to it, and I noticed right away that its ears dropped down to the sides, mm. which I didn't know at the time was was an indication of "Don't bug me." Right. And it got up and attacked me. And you got a nice picture of me being attacked by a deer. I did. I thought I was going to get a nice picture of you petting a deer, but Mm-mm. even better, I got a picture That's of you being attacked. With my mouth wide open, going, ah! <laughs> Anyway. Nice stuff. Uh, Buddy's inside the stockade. Seeing inside the stockade, he sees that there are a lot of war machines. Uh, so he says, oh, wait a second. He's going to create like an animal army. Yes. He's use them, discovered uh, a sound frequency an, to an give animal telepathic gang. commands. <laughs> He's planning on harnessing their powers to commit crimes on the mainland with an animal gang. Well, he's got to stop this fella. He snatches one of the machines back over the wall, just as his lion powers are dissipating. Luckily. Cheep, cheep. It's a monkey. No, it's a chimp, chimp which is not a monkey, right? No. Uh, He could not have ordered up a better little pal to carry out his plan. So he, he... Takes on the powers. Yeah. Uh, and with his chimp powers, he swings to within range of Grabo and smashes the animal control box with a coconut. With a coconut, really? Yeah, it says. He smashed my animal control box with a coconut. Where Shoot the hell him down. Did they live. Well, Where is this island? Uh, Coconuts don't grow up in the Pacific Northwest. Well, I guess if Grabo has terraformed this island somehow. It's possible. No. No. Maybe it's a greenhouse that he's cultivated coconut trees and then moved them outside. Or maybe it's San Diego. Would that work? How very dare them. If it's off the coast of Southern California, does that work? I don't know if coconuts can grow in Southern California. Are there caves in Southern California? Well, sure. Okay. How about we split the difference? How about Frisco? Does that work? Nope. Okay. Nope. Well, let's say this is like Baja. Let's say or... he's just he's just he's a botanist too, and he's created some Pacific Northwest specific acclimated coconuts. 
Maybe he's also discovered a sound frequency that can control plants. And so he's forced the coconuts to grow on this island. Do you remember when you used to live in Miami and there were coconut trees down there? Sure. Wasn't that neat? The sun's brighter down there. Yes. It is. The colors are very vivid. Very vivid. And uh, it's going to be underwater within 20 years. So maybe we should go visit if we miss it so much. We'll be there in January of... Uh, <gasps> That's year. right. Yes. Anyway, split seconds later, they discover that a man has stolen one of the other control boxes. Indeed. And is directing a rhinoceros to attack them. Oh my god. To the stockade, men. It's our only chance of escaping the beast. You don't want to mess around with a rhino. God, I can no. tell you that. No. Now, are these fellows in for a surprise? Because they have forgotten their very own trap, mm-hmm. which is in front of the stockade entrance, which a man spotted earlier, but we're just learning about now. It's, they fall into it. Yeah. yeah. It's a good thing it's not one of those traps that has sharpened oh, bamboo spikes that, yes. that like impale them and kill them immediately. Yes. That would be awful. Did you ever see a movie called Fortress, which played endlessly on HBO in the early 1980s? I don't know. What what about this particular comic? Well, so the movie takes place in the outback, Mm -hmm. and it's a school teacher in a little one-room schoolhouse. Mm -hmm. And for some uh, unmemorable reason, a gang of criminals who all are wearing full face masks Mm -hmm. uh, come and kidnap the children and take them and bury them. Not bury them. They block them inside a cave. Okay. So they find a back way out of the cave, Mm -hmm. and they're still being pursued by the criminals. Mm -hmm. And so they find a high outcropping of rock in the outback, Mm -hmm. and they just build all sorts of defenses. Like they have a trench, and they put sharpened spikes down there, and all kinds of booby traps and things. And when the criminals come, they massacre the criminals. And the last scene is the police coming to debrief the children about the kidnapping, and they're in the... uh, schoolhouse yes and it the camera pans onto a formaldehyde jar with a human heart inside of it and all the children are creepy and they've surrounded the police with their the, creepy little really? faces yes oh it's the best movie i must have watched it five thousand times oh my god <laughs> well we didn't have cable when i was growing up so well i had it for a while until the music video for thriller came out and then we and were not allowed no watch. more yes. right we were not allowed to watch MTV anymore. Well, your parents were, were right to not let you watch that Michael Jackson. Why? Well, in hindsight, but everyone was talking about Thriller back it's in the a great day. video. Um, so, we're almost done with this comic. We sure are. The police are thanking A-Man for stopping the criminals. And now we'll be able to get the animals back to zoos and those human monkeys into cages. <laughs> I like that line a lot. Later at my secret cave. After reading this story about you, I'm on your team. You say that. After reading this story about you, I'm on your team, buddy. I mean, a man. I guess it is your duty to use your fantastic powers against evil. Amen, says a man. Amen, says a man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll have to see where this goes. Why does he look like an old Catherine Hepburn when he's pulling his glasses off? Well, because those those goggles must be tight around his stretching his face. Yeah. He looks like he's about to say, oh, Charlie. Um, I know that he, I can't remember if it happened before this story or after. I know that he does propose to Ellen, but then he passes out. He's so nervous he passes out. What? Yeah. What? I think it might have happened before this. And now he's decided to forego marriage. Maybe there was a mouse close by and he acquired the mouse's heartbeat. Uh, The very best moment of Grant Morrison's Animal Man. Because you have to remember, Animal Man was a nothing character. Uh So Grant Morrison got a hold of him. Mm -hmm. Was when he somehow got his arm chopped off. And he was lying, bleeding to death on the pavement. Mm -hmm. But he acquired the powers of an earthworm. Oh, wow. And his arm regrew. Wow. And that's when we knew Animal Man was on the board. (laughs) 
I read some issues in it. I remember that. I liked it a lot. I remember being drawn. It was drawn so well. Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, Chaz Truog. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Was the artist. Um, he is very good. Yeah. Now, born of a mysterious race, Rob. This fucking comic. He was reborn again and again, each time retaining fantastic powers that he brought to bear. Why couldn't they put two A-Man stories in this issue? Because they were introducing two new superheroes. Uh, Okay, let's go. Um, Born of a mysterious race, he was reborn again and again, each time retaining fantastic powers that he brought to bear against dangers that threatened mankind. And death held no fear for him, for he was... Immortal Man. Now, the last time we saw Immortal Man, he was not named Immortal Man. He was like some beast in Jungle Man or something. He was a Jungle Man, Mm -hmm. a blonde Aryan Jungle Man, Mm -hmm. because they all are. Um, Then he was in London. Yes, and then he died as Jungle Man, and then he came back as Mark King, Mm -hmm. uh, a collector of things. Yes, a collector or something that he. A, a bibliophile. Yes, and he ran into uh, Helen Phelps and her brother Rodney Phelps. Well, and Helen is—he had been in love with her before, right? As Jungleman. Well, I think. Or he had saved her. I life. think he saved her, and then he saved her again as Mark King. And she's starting to get wise that this person who always saves her might have—they might have some connection. Can I just say something? Yeah. Third time she appears, he appears, he dies. Yeah. I think the next time he is someone and he sees her, his first reaction should be, oh, I found her. I'm so excited. It should be, oh, shit. Death's looming. (laughs) Perhaps. Don't you think? However, he (laughs) has volunteered to die each of these times that it's happened. To save mankind. To save mankind or her. I roll. So on the splash page, we see that his shocker blast, he all of a sudden has his powers. Eyeball now. powers. Yeah. Did he have eyeball powers when he was in London? I think. I don't remember. It's been so long ago. I didn't know he could fly. He can fly. He's got eyeball powers. Um, he's aiming his eye blast at a monster, which then transforms into a bigger monster. Yeah. I wonder how that happened. Let's find out. Enter the panels with lots and lots of words. Yes. We call it exposition in the business. So we open on the first panel, which is the telephone at the West Coast branch of medieval research publications, HUMS. Closed circuit TV beams in on a picture and... They found it, Kirk, the ancient Kali temple. And just where you suspected it was. You've hit Pater again, pal. How do you do it? It's not hard. I lived there in one such life, one of the many lives I've lived over the centuries. You know, that's exactly how he would talk. I, I know, right? I think about that. It's like real quiet. Yep. Just, I mean, if you've, if you've died a hundred times, uh-huh. you've probably spent a lot of time thinking to yourself. You know what this reminds me of? What? I don't know why. Do you remember that TV show, The Phoenix? Yes. With that guy from Star Trek Wrath of Khan? Oh, you're not thinking of Manimal? No, I'm okay. thinking of the Phoenix that had five episodes in the 1970s. Yes, it was awful. And that guy had a giant pendant on. And I don't know, was he an alien or had he lived before or something? But I don't. That's how he talked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I could remember that actor's name. Uh, I'm sure I could Google it, but I'm it's lazy. It's important. Uh, we'll find it out and report back later. No, we won't. So, <laughs> Immortal Man... <laughs> It would much later in time be explained that he had been a caveman. He was a caveman? Yes. Well, we don't know that yet. Okay. But in in later stories, it would be explained that he was a caveman and he was uh, an enemy of another caveman named Vandar Agnes. <laughs> and uh, they were both affected by radiation from a meteorite. And Vandar Agnes became immortal. Oh. Uh, literally immortal. He never died. What? A caveman who comes who becomes immortal? Yes, but then he became the super criminal Vandal Savage and he built the pyramids and he was Genghis Khan and he led a whole 
fantastic, mysterious life. Wow. But of course, that's post-crisis, because at this point in time, Vandal Savage only exists on Earth, too. So okay. they have not made that connection yet. Um, and in fact, there's no indication that anyone's thought that much about Immortal Man yet. Okay, okay. So it turns out the chief of the ancient race to which Immortal Man belonged gave him the sacred amulet that gifted him with eternal life. Well, it's not really eternal life because you have to die and be reincarnated. Right. He really should be calling it eternal consciousness. Yes. Because he does literally embody a different body each time. Yes. But he transfers the consciousness. And where do the bodies Eternal come soul. from? Right? Because, because where were they until they became him? Right. He doesn't, he doesn't like die and then be, be born as an infant and then no. grow up again and then meet her. Because that would mean that she never ages. And, you know, she's sad. She's just, look, she, she's got that sad face. Um, so there was a she movie definitely ages. in the 70s. The reincarnation of Peter something. The reincarnation of Peter Proud. That I think he... Like, the guy died and then was reborn as his own baby or his own grandson or something. I don't know. I just remember it was, the previews frightened me when I was a child. Well, that, speaking of that, about that, that, that movie that I can't watch, A Dog's, Dog's Purpose. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, no. No. Why would you? Uh. Unless the dog is crypto and he's teaming up with Animal Man. Right. Then that's, you've got to move It's basically the soul of a dog finds his way back to its owner. Oh. oh. Which I would have liked, except that Fred died right before. Right. Or Fred died right before that movie came out. Uh-huh. And I, just, I will forever link Fred's death to that. Well, Do you remember we were we were watching a preview of a we went to go see a movie uh-huh. and that was in the being previewed and I and I I was started crying I started sobbing and I said I don't think I can stay to see this movie, but I pulled it together of course. Well, you cry so often I just it's hard to I know pick Very, out a single instance exactly. <laughs> uh, I cry easily, don't I? Now his coworkers have noticed that Kirk is a real strange guy. He's only been there three months and has made three amazing finds in that time. Very strange. Three months, mm-hmm. he thinks. That's when I was reborn again and became Kirk Jason. Well, never trust anyone that's got two first names. No. A. Who names their son? Robert Robinson. Shut up. <laughs> uh, the boss man is having a, an open house tonight, and you're the guest of honor, Kirk Jason. Wow. That evening, the man who lived and died on <laughs> I'm just say his name. That evening, Kirk Jason. That evening, the man who lived and died a hundred times appears at his publisher's apartment, totally unprepared for the shock awaiting him. Oh, look, there's a girl in a French out, French maid's outfit. Yes, yes. Helen Phelps. Wait, wait. Helen Phelps. Here in America, I was going to seek her out once I'd made a name for myself. Now, what I didn't do was convey the exclamation points ending all of those sentences. Right. Well, it's subtle. Become someone she could look up to. Someone she'd consider marrying. I first fell in love with her in my life as Jungle Man. Look at her face. She's clearly not wanting to be at this party. Also, she's got one eye bigger than the other. <laughs> and her, what, what is our left, but her right eye, yeah. not only is it bigger, it's also farther across her face right. than the other one. <laughs> her mouth is too far up on her face. Yeah. So she has a giant chin... A uh, very little space between her nose and her mouth. A very, very long nose and one tremendously <laughs> outsized right eye. And she's tried to use mascara to make her left eye look bigger. Right. It didn't serve... work. No, it didn't work. Um, <laughs> in fact, her nose... Sorry, I hope that's not too loud. Her nose is not in the center of her face. Her nose is far off to the left side of her face. Maybe we should just give her the benefit of the doubt and say she's just badly lit. <laughs> Um, she looks like a Picasso painting, doesn't yes. she? Yes. <laughs> Poor Helen. So I we, remember this issue. Yes, we have a flashback to Jungle Man when he had to sacrifice himself to save her and her brother Rodney Phelps from. What is it, Rodney? I remember that we uh, did voices for Rodney, and it was, oh. it was a rich. Uh, hello, I'm Rodney Phelps. Okay. 
Then um, I, I don't. Rem- the thing is, I don't remember this next issue. Then is Mark King. He met it was the Helen. same story. Was it? He sacrificed himself to save her and Rodney. Oh, and well, twice. Then, as Mark King, he met Helen again in London. I see. Okay. They fell in love, but he had to give up his life again, riding a missile t- to destruction to save her and the city of London. Really? Like out in the water? Or is that what that is? I, I think so. I, we'll have to go. I have look no it up mem- again. Yeah. We won't actually look it up. No. Um, now. <laughs> The publisher motions for Kirk. Kirk! There you are. Join us. I want you to meet a very charming young lady. And then he does his voice. And now I'm about to meet Helen again in a third life. This is my assistant, Kirk Jason. Wait, 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 wait. wait. This is my assistant, Kirk Jason. Kirk, Miss Helen Phelps. She's the daughter of the famous archaeologist, Professor Phelps. Is that his first name? Professor? Professor, That's exactly. That's an odd first name. That is an odd first name, is it? A pleasure, Miss Phelps. Oh, wait, sorry. A pleasure, Miss Phelps. Tell me, how is your brother Rodney? But how do you know I have a brother in his name? I, er, I uh, mean... Oh, now uh, her left eyes. Her left. Her, our right, her left eye. Yeah. She's switched. It's still bit. No, her bright eye is still bigger. And her, her has... eyes are too far apart. I don't trust her. I don't trust her either. She looks perennially displeased yes yes and she's a brunette so it's probably yes. accurate yes um i like the light of the cut of her jib though um she cuts a nice figure now she sees she's wearing a negligee first of all <laughs> she truly is she's uh, barely dressed for this party um now helen thinks his eyes there's something strange about him something almost magnetic what is it his eyes are perfectly proportional to his face unlike <laughs> mine <laughs> Uh, Kirk asks Helen to lunch tomorrow, and she is delighted to join him. She's staying at the Walden. Let's make it the lobby at noon. Oh, you're on the next page. Yes. Yes. Look how she look at the carefree style that she walks out of the room. Yes. Yes. You'd have to be carefree to pull off wearing a negligee to a formal dinner party. But she's not carefree. She's thinking, yes, Mr. Jason, I do want to see you again. There's something about you that intrigues me. The pauses are from the ellipses that follow her. Yes. Next day, a searing thought tears at Kirk Jason's mind on his way to the hotel. What does it sound like if it's a searing thought? If only I could tell Helen the truth, that we've met before and fallen in love with each other. What's that? Rumble, 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 rumble. You know who this is? You know who he is? Keanu Reeves. Oh, totally. Yeah. You know, we... Do we even say this on the on the on the podcast? What one, this is going to piss off one of our listeners. Which one? The one we tried to watch. We tried to watch John Wick. John Wick. We tried just... so hard. Maybe I'll watch it on my own and report back. To uh, it was just such a straight guy kind of twenty year old fantasy of getting even kind of movie that was so slow. I mean, I was totally with him on you know his wife was uh no his dog was killed yes. his car was stolen uh-huh. like the whole dog being killed the dog yeah. i was always oh my god i thought i was gonna you know go through the roof but honestly i tried at one point i looked at you and you looked at me and i just said i i, I can't with this movie yeah. yeah um we tried we tried you people rave about it though i don't no, why? Maybe it's like a Battlestar Galactica situation that people keep telling us to watch yes. it, and we're just gonna have to give in. What? We're just gonna have to give in. Like people keep telling us, to, urging us to watch it. I'm like you're... Battlestar Galactica. Oh, like it was for Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Because people were telling us to watch Battlestar Galactica, and we didn't do it. And yeah. then And that that was back in the day when Netflix was not streaming, when you right. had to rent yes. the DVDs. And, and we would rent three or four at a time, right? Yes. And we would binge watch the F out of those DVDs. And I was insane over Battlestar Galactica. And d- didn't I, the last episode that we watched, I you sat... You cried. I cried like some sad, sad bridesmaid. But if you recall, it's also true that we watched... The first episode of Battlestar Galactica when it first was on, and we didn't like it. No, we didn't. We had to go back. Same thing with Shit's Creek. Absolutely. Didn't like so, it first. I'm sorry, John Wick. We'll give you another chance. I won't. Uh, anyway, there's an earthquake, and it's tearing the city in half. Literally, there's a giant crevice down the middle of the road. 
And now, people are falling into it. He decides he's going to help these people, so he puts on a mean face. Yes. Well, what's that's his, his mean face. What's his, he's activating his eyeball power. Okay. Does he do it with his head? With his hands? Yes, he has to use his hands and then make his eyebrows very thick. And then does he put on eyeliner? Or yes, no, like, uh, a, like eyeshadow, a smoky eyeshadow. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, what's that called? That smoky eyes. Smoky, smoky eyes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, well, he just looks grumpy. Kirk lapses into deep, swift concentration, and an instant later, he's using his eyeball powers to lift the populace to safety. Maybe that's his ticket in with Helen Phelps. Zeroed in on them with eyeball my, power. No, this is what it's called. Elevation vision. Okay. Zeroed in on them with my elevation vis- vision. The, do you remember that he that uh, when he was I don't know who at London boy. Uh huh. Did he have powers? I think he must have because he wrestled a missile to the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ten seconds later, a gushing sound from the crevice. <laughs> And great ghosts, a monster spawned from within the earth. Doesn't our friend, I can't say his name, but doesn't our friend who um, is doing the one of the game masters of our RPG group do, like the best voices and sound effects? Yes. He's brilliant at it. And it, every time he does it, it shocks me. Well, it shouldn't. He's very good at it. He's had years of practice. Mm. So uh, the monster is moving towards the crowd. Kirk's going to have to act publicly. He can't use his elevation vision for this. No. So he flies into action. So now he has he has elevation vision and flight. Yes. And apparently some sort of super punching power. Super punching power because with a whammo, he punches the creature, which then transforms into a bigger creature, a different shaped. What a strange ability this thing has. You know uh, what he needs. Metamorpho, who has also recently had an adventure inside the Earth. Uh-huh. And or Cave Carson, who's probably under the Earth somewhere. Okay. Uh, he can't play games any longer. The beast has got to die. So much killing. So We've now encountered two superheroes who are willing to kill, which is not something that superheroes do. Alien beings, not people. Um, I mean, still... like he's not going to put this in prison. You don't know. He could. Okay. So, the amazing man of many lives, Banks makes another pass at the creature, and he lets loose on this creature with a shocker blast. So, yep. we have a elevation, elevation vision, vision flight, flight, super strength, and, and shocker, blast, shocker blast, which is the aforementioned eyeball power. Okay. Uh, the monster transforms again. Into something cute and cuddly. Well, don't but also think? giant. Yeah, it giant. does look like a um, on What's the that? Sesame Street. I was thinking the, ab- the abominable snowman in um, Rudolph. Rudolph, yeah. Okay, I see that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it only has one eye though. It's still kind of cute. So Kirk realizes that each time he takes a crack at this monster, it transforms and becomes larger and more menacing. So he says, "How am I going to do this? How am I going to stop this thing?" I know. There are some high-tension power lines close by, which, of course, means there's a lot of power going through those. Yep. I'm going to lure the creature to that area, and hopefully that will uh, fry the bastard. I love this panel where he's flying around the creature, waving his arms, going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, how else are you going to like attract a giant beast from the... I guess. You know, from the crevice of the earth. Tense minutes later... Hmm. He has lowered... Not ten minutes. Tense. tense. I said tense. I know. I just wanted to make a clarification for the one listener. that He's lured the creature to the power lines uh, right on target. The creature is uh, downed by the... Does he m- use his eye powers? That's what it looks like. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. Um, if those thousands of volts don't shock the life out of it, nothing will. So a moment later, this giant creature... Crashes to the ground. They think the the cops say, you know, we think it's down. Let's finish him off. But he says, right. don't, don't. Um, I think it's at his death throes. If you do something to it, you'll reactivate it. So, right. I mean, I guess that's solid science since he's punched it several times and it's changed shape. So now all this activity, and he still makes his lunch date, where uh, Helen has been, been watching. 
the news reports mm-hmm. first the earthquake and then that frightening monster if it hadn't been for that mystery man everybody is on about who knows what would have happened right his actions they remind me of two other men i once knew and who sacrificed their lives to save mine i wonder who he is she's dropping hints she has no idea that it's him but right. she's dropping hints uh he thinks perhaps i'll tell you one day Anyway. So now they're looking on their Lexavision. Yes. At the monster. The monster seems to be regaining its strength. Mm -hmm. Uh, Look at the frightening thing. It came out of nowhere like a storybook genie of evil. Genie. (gasps) That's it. Yes. I remember battling a genie in one of my past lives. There's something in how I defeated that genie I've got to recall. Here we go. So what does he do? He goes back to his apartment. Yeah. He grabs his mysterious amulet, which I guess gives him the, the ability to see his experiences in previous lives. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if you had an object that you could hold that could give you exact, I mean, like completely unbiased, unfiltered, true memories of different things that happened in your own life? Not just press, just like right now, like if you had like a necklace that you could hold, like I wonder what happened when I was 18 on December 3rd. Yeah. Boom, you could hold it and you would know. Yes. Wouldn't that be interesting? Yes. Do you think do you think if you could experience live uh, if you could see and and experience events in your life at your age unfiltered and unbiased that you would be able to somehow let go of some of the things that you that you hold on to as an adult. I'm not. I'm not saying that. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sort of sort of piecing out. It's piecing out what, I'm, what I want to say. Right. Um, the answer is no, because I will always uh, hold on to my biases. We don't actually remember things accurately, even trauma. Right. We don't remember accurately. We associate feelings with memories and so we don't remember them in an unbiased way for example if you were to go back to a time when you felt shame in a classroom and you're looking at it right now yes and you would be like oh that's when i formed that special feeling of you know associated with not wanting to be shamed for feeling stupid or appearing stupid which is just silly and like you could then let it go as an adult in your scenario, is one able to affect the outcome of the past memories? No, you could just observe it, but you're able to observe it now in this timeline and observe it and with the express purpose of going back to certain events and see how they shaped you and go like, oh, you know what? I'm going to give that up. No, I want to change the outcome. You create an alternate timeline. Oof. What? It's done all the time, Rob. All the time. And then you get to live in that new timeline? Sure, yeah. Hmm. Why not? I would go back in time and uh, for sure I would be on Donnie and Marie show. Somehow. I'd invest in Apple. I'd find some way to invest in Apple. Or I'd be one of the mid-70s Mouseketeers with uh, Lisa Huelchel. And we'd be friends to this day, except she beats her children. She beats her children? Well, she wrote some kind of book about spanking, Christian spanking, and you know. You know, Christ, like you like spank him with a crucifix or something? No, 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 no. Crucifix is for Catholics. She's a Christian. Oh. <laughs> I love you. So he flashes back to his life some 900 years ago as Ali Jabba. Good thing we're not going to get copyright claim there. Right. And there he is utilizing his amazing powers to put the finger on a thief in the marketplace in a most unique way. Uh, He uses his eyeball powers to make a thief's clothes turn transparent so that the victim of the crime can see their ring being carted away by the thief. So I would think that the thief would actually be killed for that. Oh, yeah. At least have their hands chopped chopped off. off, Yeah. Uh, word of his mighty feat soon reached the ears of the Sultan, where he was summoned. Your great gift is wasted in a marketplace, Ali Jabba. I am giving you the title of Prince of Guards to watch over the royal jewels. So be it, great one. 
Thanks, police. Indeed, his very presence in the palace discouraged thefts, but then a cunning band of thieves uncorked the unexpected. A genie! To the palace, mighty genie, seize the Kali jewels and bring them to us. As you command. Uh, Ali Jabba triggered his powerful lightning blast from his eyeballs and uh, shoots the genie with lightning, but the the genie just catches lightning and tosses it away. Uh, Ali Jabba realizes that the genie will be a constant menace if he isn't stopped, but how can I stop him? Well, here's how. He's going to grab the stopper to the genie's bottle, Mm -hmm. which is actually just a jar, grabs the genie, flies down into the jar with him, realizing that he's going to have to trap himself in the jar as well, Mm -hmm. which he does without hesitation because that's what he does. He sacrifices his own life, forces the genie back into the bottle with himself, puts the lid on, and uh, the end, on to the next life. (laughs) Although, why, why can't he just live in the bottle with the genie? They look it's like they could become pals. Sure, it's a pretty strong-looking genie there. Hey, Junebug. Um, she looks sleepy like she just got up from a nap. So, he realizes now how he can stop these giant creatures. Bottle it up! There's no time to explain to Helen. Nope. And besides, if this works, I'll never see her again as no. Kirk Jason. It's happened the last two times. You can pretty much guarantee this third time you've seen Helen, you're going to die. So the police have been trying to dynamite the beast. Of course, that's just making it bigger and more menacing. Right. Now he, it's a now it's like a, a sort of griffin-like character. Yes. Yeah. He uh, unspools some wire fencing. He must be really strong. Yeah. Because he's ripping fence, like like the fence around an airport, uh-huh. kind of like that the six foot fence or whatever. He's yep. just flying and ripping it out of the ground. He wraps it around this creature. As he's flying. So he is wicked strong. So he hogties the creature. uh, Lifts it up into the air. Lifts it up. This is a giant creature. Well, maybe he's aided by his elevation vision. Whatever. He's Um, very strong. Flies the creature back to the fissure from the earthquake. Which? Dive bombs straight into it. Into the bowels of the earth. He has pre-planted some dynamite around the fissure. Just then, here comes Helen... It's Kirk with superpowers, just like Jungle Man and Mark King possessed. Oh, so they must have oh, had they powers. Must, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he's sacrificing his life just as they did to save others. Kaboom. Sorry. Barroom. Barroom. He's exploded the dynamite, sealed the fissure, dooming himself and the monster. And as the smoke clears, it's the end of them both. I wonder who was that guy who used his amazing powers to destroy the beast and himself. I, I could tell you, but who'd believe me with my crooked face? Right. He'll come back one day as another person. And then she turns and ages 50 years yes. in, this, in this panel. She is literally just gone from the grief in the, in the span of seconds. It's like From that. 25 to 75. What's that movie? Dolores Claiborne, where it like she turns around and she's older. Yeah. I think this is meant to, uh, this is a lighting issue because it's meant to show her walking away from the smoke of the explosion or the sunset or something. She looks horrible. Now. She looks horrible. He'll come back one day as another person, another heroic man. And when he does, I'll be waiting for him. And I'll recognize him somehow. The man who lives again and again. And again. And again. Now, Helen... What if he comes back as a woman? Right. Or as like Charles Lawton. Who's Charles Lawton? A famously ugly actor. Right. Or Charles Nelson Riley. A gay man? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, Helen, it's so good to see you again. So she. Watch me fly. Look what I can do. Oh, Helen, I, I just saw you again in this lifetime. I have to look over my shoulder because I'm going to be dying again any moment. Hell's that for a top <laughs> Um This girl is so desperate for love that she's willing to be with whatever he comes back as, knowing that he's probably going to be there tops three days. 
before right? he offs himself again. What if he comes back as a magical otter? Or a tortoise? Well, I think he has to be human. I know, I know. Now, so. what, if he's, what if he comes back as an old, 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 old man? Right. Now, if this is a situation where... With really where... long nose hairs and little wisps of hair. Yes. Yes. Ear hairs. Those ear hairs. That, the little uh-huh. Hair. Yeah, yeah. Not well-groomed. Not well-groomed. Right, right, right. I mean, I have that, but I shaved them You off. are a groomer. Um, if this is going to be a situation where he comes back as like a series of actors named Chris from the Marvel Universe movies, <laughs> or a series of Baldwin brothers except for Steven... Yes. Then yes, I'm. You're totally perfectly yes. yes. Kill down yourself all you want. Yes. But she doesn't. She's laying down her love life to, to wait a man, for a man that could come back as anyone. And I'm sorry, but I mean, I, I know we're supposed to accept this as the convention of this story, right? But every encounter that she has with this man is a life or death situation, right? And he dies always. What's the wedding going to be like, right? What if there's a monster out of the ground at her wedding? What What are the weddings going to be like if the story continues? What if she marries every version of him over and over again? She'd have to because he'll always be someone different. Yes. She, she, oh, she'd be, a, 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 she'd be talked about, Bob. Well, she'd probably eventually be arrested for murder because of all of her husbands keep dying oh. after three <laughs> days of marriage. <laughs> really? It's a good thing we aren't comic book writers. I'll say. Although our stories would be a lot more interesting. Animal Man and Crypto teaming up. Hell yeah. Uh, Helen Phelps arrested for murder. Hel- Helen Phelps serial it murder. practically writes itself. Serial murder hero- hero- heroine. You can find us on social media at GoGoCheckPod. You will not find us back here next week. We'll be on vacation. We will be on vacation. Uh, we might do... I don't know. It, oh, definitely, we, definitely skipping one week. We might even skip two weeks because you'll be gone longer than me, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're just going to have to pine away, listener. Listen um, to an old um, dramatic. Yes, yeah, we've got a nice backlog of 130 episodes that yes. you can catch up on. You can rate and review us at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from, and you can find us back here sometime in the month of July. I'm gladly, and we'll be rested and very happy to dig into another wonderful comic. Yes. That's all for now. Bye. Bye.